Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com and Draft.com, where if you join now for Draft.com with the upcoming baseball season and with the rest of the basketball season going on, if you use the promo code BOXES when you join, you will get a free entry to your first draft. I am your host, Mike Katrin. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, Michael, what a great time it is to play some fantasy basketball. It is the middle, the heart of playoff time. Or for all you people who play in superior Roto Leagues, this is crunch time. This is when you are battling out certain categories maybe dropping players who are good at assists so the guys who are bad at assists can pick them up and get points on other players in your league. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of interesting strategy in Roto right now too, but a majority of our listeners, I assume, are in the middle of a heated playoff battle. Well, why do you assume that it's heated? I assume that our listeners are just crushing some guy in the playoffs. I would, I would hope so. Dominating um, any, anything can happen in the playoffs and with the new schedule um playoffs are a little bit different not a whole lot different it's, it's following the same formula but this week which i have to say of all weeks right this week is probably either the end of a lot of people's playoffs or the beginning of a lot of people's playoffs. like there's not probably too many leagues uh other than our listener league that is uh, that are still playing, um, I guess, just standard exhibition play. Why is it exhibition? Why is it not just like regular season? Why, why does it got exhibition makes it seem like it's like preseason play? Like we're just heating up here. Um, I consider the entire regular season exhibition. And that's why you lose all your leagues, Mike. That is entirely untrue. Um, in talking about the listener league. Uh, we should mention that three of the teams are already locked for the playoffs. This is the final week in our listener league, so we have a late playoffs. And we um, we did a late playoffs on purpose simply because me and you, Tyler, we like to play the entire season. We don't like to take the last two weeks off. Uh, everyone's in the same boat, so I, I like to get my full season's worth. Uh, but, Tyler, I will uh, like to congratulate you for making the playoffs. Well, wasn't that just a given? I mean, come on now. I told you guys I, I was going to make the playoffs in this league. I, I lost I, my uh, two best players, and I still made the playoffs. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be uh, a little dicey there for you, but um, you, you, you really put in the work. You put in the effort. Hey, and you you know what? You're an expert. I, I'm, I'm expecting you to uh, to do that. Also, let's congratulate LeBron's hairline, who is only a game and a half back from you in first place. Uh, who made the playoffs as well? Good for you, LeBron's hairline. Also, an excellent it's name. A battle this week between LeBron's hairline and I for the top seed. It's true. It could go either way. You got a two game or one and a half game lead on him. So if he goes up a little bit, he could uh, take that first spot away from you, and you will be facing a very dangerous, very exciting third place team. Myself, uh, I you tried to naysay me. You tried to will me out of the playoffs and your predictions were wrong Tyler and you're a hater and I'm coming for you 
I feel like you you stepped your game up late in the season, Mike, just to prove me wrong. I feel like my tactic worked, and I'm looking forward to dominating you in the playoffs. That's all I can say. You're, there's no chance you win any of the playoffs. Um, I would like to thank Anthony Davis for turning into some sort of god, while Jimmy Butler has been um, basically hurt for the entire final stretch of the season. So that that does hurt a lot, and um, if I – do lose in the playoffs, it will be Jimmy Butler's fault. I feel like some of these guys we, we might need to call out, though. I mean, old old Baines here only won in 30% of his games. I feel like he, I, he needs he needs to step his game up next season. I'd like to say, I'd like to say though, for our listeners out there, so, you know, chances are you're listening, um, considering you're in the listener league, I'm impressed. A majority of these teams – uh, we're over five. Uh, we're over five hundred, or five hundred or, or better. Um, License to Lillard is, you know, exactly at five hundred. The eighth place team, Dexter Lim, he is eighty nine and ninety eight. We the North at ninth place is eighty eight and ninety nine. So like, you know, these were com- all pretty competitive teams. I will say, yeah, you're right, Big Hawk Bangs. Yeah, you blew it. You blew it. You're bad, and you should feel bad. Um, every loves holiday. Everyone loves holiday. Whoever you are, uh, you made actually 32 moves, while Big Kong Banks only made six. I feel like Baines stopped paying attention. Uh, Avery, you you probably <laughs> didn't stop paying attention. You are also bad. So I, I am sorry. Uh, you got to take more of our advice. I think is is maybe the key here. But everybody else, I'm impressed. This was a very competitive league. It was. Um, the award for most moves, though, is, of course, you, Tyler, with 78 moves this year. Well, I, I don't think it would have been, but after the injuries to both Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, I had no choice but to just stream through players to even be competitive. I, I mean, when you lose your... your first two round picks to long-term injuries. I mean, what was, you're not going to find anything on the waiver wire usually that's worth keeping. So you basically just have to stream through as much as possible. You're absolutely right. You got to do what you got to do to stay alive, to stay moving. And as the playoffs, as we start the playoffs, really it's a uh, winner go home. And I'm sure a lot of you out there are experiencing the winner go home effect. Uh, Tyler, how are your other leagues doing? Uh, are you mostly in the playoffs? How are your playoffs going? Uh, is there any trends you've seen in the playoffs lately? Well, I mean, I think we see this a lot, right? Like the the playoffs, and this is why all, all Roto people will say, you know, play Roto is, I mean, we're going to see even this week, right, with the finals, right? We're going to see some big performances from players that don't necessarily get big performances, and that's going to sway the matchups. I mean, Karis LeVert had a big game yesterday, and that that's – going a long way and swaying, you know, any playoff matchups. Um, I'm in one final this week. I'm in a semifinal. And then I got a couple of Roto Leagues I joined since you wouldn't let me in any of yours. That uh, You're not allowed to play in Roto Leagues with me. That's just sorry. That's just the rules. Just because you know I'll beat you, Mike. You're scared. No, I just don't want to embarrass you. I want you to feel good about yourself. You're scared, Mike. Mm, I don't know about that. Um, so, yeah, the playoffs. Um I've noticed that I am dropping 
and running through a lot more guys than I used to in playoff leagues. And I think there is a benefit of that, you know, getting, uh, being able to put Terry and Prince, Rajon Rondo, uh, Justice Winslow, getting those guys in and out of your lineups, um, you know, or getting them into your lineups really. And just, you know, riding them because a lot of those guys were just hanging out on the waiver wires up until this last breakout. And so playing the waiver wire is important until the, until your dying day. You, know, you, you cannot slack off just because you made the playoffs. And I think too, we've seen a lot of star players kind of get banged up late in the season here. And, and that's opened some opportunities for some lesser names. Um, Most of the warriors are not playing. None now, right? Draymond Green's hurt too. They got all four of their all-stars on the bench. I think this is a very um, uh, Popovich-esque, uh, maybe even um, Phil Jackson type karma move by Steve Kerr. He's 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 feeling the chakras of his team, and he's saying, you know, the chakras aren't right. I got to get all. I'm going to rest all these dudes before the playoffs, and then once the playoffs come around, they're going to be nice. Rested, ready to destroy people. So I actually think it's a Zen-like move by Steve Kirk. I will say that the playoffs are getting very interesting. I mean, you got the Western Conference. You got that kind of heated battle for, I mean, literally all the way from fourth to tenth. Right, there's like a four and a half game gap. So I mean, anybody can take that there, and and we're gonna see some of those teams fade out of the playoffs. And in the East, I mean. Do you feel good about picking any of those teams in the East to make the final? Not one. You know, what I mean, like the if the eight seeded currently eight seeded Milwaukee Bucks made it, I I don't feel that I would say like, oh, I'm stunned. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there's just a lot of parity, and it's going to come down to kind of who gets hot. And I mean, I I don't I don't feel great about picking any of them. There's been a lot of talk about doing um, the best sixteen teams and putting them in the playoffs and, and matching them up that way versus West versus East. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you feel about, because a lot of actually fantasy leagues, people do the conferences and certain people conferences get in there. Uh, I am, I'm all for abandoning conferences in, uh, in fantasy leagues. And I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards abandoning the, um, the conference play or, or maybe you do the best eight teams in the West, best eight teams in the East. And then, you uh, divvy them up, the 16th team, best team plays the, the best team. Well, and I, I mean, I think the only issue with it is, like, if it becomes the Warriors against the 76ers in the first round, I mean, are, are you going to give – Well, but are you going to give enough rest days for that to be a plausible series, right? I mean, because it's a, it's a hell of a trip. Yeah, you might want to start adding two days, two-day trips in between. Um, I don't think anyone's going to complain. Like, you know how there's the purists who are like, oh, you know, what about the records, or the, the the things, and the nothing will mean anything. When was the last time anyone looked went back and looked at that shit? When was the last time you looked at a, a first-round matchup from 1995? Oh, you know, I, I'm all for it as long as we're going to make the schedule compatible. You know what I mean? Like, if, if we're going to say, well, we'll give two days off in between travel days, and I'm fine with it. Right? It'd be no different than the regular season. And the, the guys do it during the regular season. I think, though, that like 
when you get into those, like if they play a seven game series and they do the two, two, one, 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 I mean, that, that gets to be a lot of travel, especially for a first round matchup. And then, you know, I mean, if you've got another one, like, I don't know, Golden State and Cleveland in the second round, you know, I mean, like that could just be a lot of travel for a team and they could potentially get worn down after a long season. But I mean, you got to be here in front of you to be the champion. So yeah, in my, in my book, it doesn't, shouldn't really matter. That's a, I think that's a pretty good call. You definitely want to spread, start spreading that out. I don't think people would, um, especially uh, advertisers, would get too bent out of shape if there was uh, more days with more games. Uh, so, uh, so you know, why not? Why not try to make some money off of that? Um, I do subscribe to the Bill Simmons theory that you know there should be some play-in games or maybe a play, even a play-in tournament, um, and then you kind of reward the best teams by having home field advantage after the play in tournament. Um, you know, the top two seeds uh, get four out of the five games or something like that for the first round or five out of the seven or something like that. Um, I, I just think there's one league in this country that is innovating and trying to make the game more interesting. And, and that is the NBA. And you even have Adam Silver weighing in on the college product which um, is desperate for someone to to reform and, and make less corrupt in AAU ball as well. So I, I'm looking forward to Adam Silver being the basketball overlord of, of this country, if not the world, and getting everybody, you know, making basketball the most entertaining sport it could possibly be. Looking at those playoff matchups, what they would be if the season ended right now and it was just the top 16 teams, there's some maybe more intriguing games than there would be even in the conference slates. I mean, you got Houston and Denver, Golden State and Miami, Toronto and Philly, Minnesota, Boston, Portland, Utah, Oklahoma City, Washington, Cleveland, San Antonio, and then the Pacers and the Pelicans. That would be great. So you got Cleveland and San Antonio playing in to Golden State and Miami. Wow. I mean, that's exciting. People would be excited about that. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, just. I, I'm not saying that the NBA playoffs are stale, but people would be a lot more interested in the NBA playoffs in that case. I, I'm, I'm fairly sure. Right. I mean, the season's not over, so that didn't definitely be the matchups. I mean, that's it's worth saying. But, like, think about that, right? Like, it could be LeBron against the Warriors in the second round. Yeah. Right away. Like, and I guess that would, um, if you want to b- bitch about it, you know, there is a long, there's this long-standing rivalry now between Golden State and Cleveland. You have your um, Lakers-Celtics rivalry, and I guess you have the Bulls and any other team that the, uh, they smacked down um, during the 90s. I guess the, no, there was no rivals. No one was good enough, so it didn't matter. Um yeah, I mean, like that would reduce the amount of of East West rivalry in the finals, where you could see the same um, matchup over and over again. And honestly, like, isn't that what people were kind of bitching about? Was that well, uh, it's going to be Cleveland and Warriors again? Who gives a shit? Even though those series were probably the most entertaining series we've had in, since the Jordan years. Um. But that would basically negate the chance that an East-West team would 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 meet each other um, over and over again in the finals. 
I mean, would it though? I mean, I, I think this way it, it makes it more likely that the two best teams play in the finals. So if you think those are the two best teams, why are they not going to play in the finals other than, you know what I mean, they get placed on the same side of the bracket. But, I mean, we can both agree that Cleveland isn't one of the best teams this year as far as record-wise. I mean, they just haven't played well, especially on the road. They're 500 on the road this year. It's not very good, and it's certainly not their offense that is uh, slacking off. It is their defense. They are not good. Um, Speaking of the uh, LeBron Jameses, the Cleveland LeBron Jameses, uh, Kevin Love is back. Um, So that's uh, pretty exciting. Are Are you excited about your boy Kevin Love being back? Well, I mean, I, I think that for a lot of people, right, it, it came at just the right time in the sense that for a lot of leagues, this is the last week. So, I mean, he's back. He played 25 minutes. He didn't look very good. I don't know that we expected him to, though. I mean, the, the, the raw stats look good, but he shot terribly from the field. And, I mean, I think he's kind of alone. It's, it's going to be slow, but, like, you're if you're in a head-to-head league, you're in the playoffs, uh, this is great timing. Couldn't be better timing. Uh, Larry Nance Jr., on the other hand, out and has been um, upsetting me in my personal life by being out. Uh, he was really uh, coming to his own, and now with um, Kevin Love back, I would like to see uh, Lance, uh, Larry Nance and Kevin Love playing together. That should be pretty interesting. I think that will be interesting in the actual NBA playoffs. But this is, that is a, Lance Stevenson and Kevin Love and Larry Nance or just Kevin Love and Larry Nance? I, don't, uh, I, don't... I also want Lance Stevenson there. All right. Okay. I wasn't wasn't sure. I wasn't sure where Lance back turned in there. Lance Stevenson and Larry <laughs> Love. Like those guys. Um, speaking of, well, playoffs, this is a weird, this is a really weird week. And all that kind of wraps around the, uh, the makeup game that the New Orleans Pelicans are playing. Yeah, so this was crazy to me. Yeah, and what a time for this to happen. It, right in the middle of probably everyone's playoffs. And, and you know, it, we always hear the complaining from, from this person and that person about the back-to-backs. So what do they do with the makeup game, right? They squashed it between – they made it on a day off between two game days for the Pelicans. So the Pelicans literally play on Tuesday, on Wednesday, and on Thursday this week. Three straight games. And for anyone who has recently picked up Rondo or just picked up Rondo, uh, let alone all my uh, Etwan Moore uh, lovers out there who who join me in in saying Etwan Moore super underrated. Probably, I think he won my most underrated uh, award earlier for during the All Star break. Um, and then of course, this will probably and so it would have been nice if this was a playoff week for me. Um, if if Anthony Davis plays all three games, which you know there's a good chance he might sit out one of them, uh, but they are in a playoff race, so who knows? Um, Anthony Davis playing three games, playing an extra game in a week uh, could easily win you that week. What was crazy about it to me though is they only play four times this week. Interesting. And here here was the the chance for them to do it. They should have made the game on Sunday. Now, I'm not sure if Indiana plays on Sunday. They might have. And they do. They play Miami on Sunday, so I guess that's why they didn't do it. But they could have made it on Monday then. Um, They both have off on Monday. And the Pacers would then play a Sunday-Monday back-to-back. 
now they they play on Wednesday. So I guess there was just no good place to fit it in. I mean, and I'm guessing that's what the schedule looks like most of the way is they were going to have to give three days in a row to somebody, whether it be New Orleans or Indiana, and for whatever reasons, New Orleans got the short end. Um, but at least they're all three home games for the Pelicans. I mean, it's the one plus. But I think you're going to see some kind of intermittent resting if Alvin Gentry's smart. That would make sense. Is Alvin Gentry smart? I think he's gotten smarter, but um, is he smart enough to do that? Well, I mean, just playing Anthony Davis three days in a row or, or any of Bad those. Bad idea. Any of those guys, right? Like, Rajon Rondo's de- like 90 years old. Now, if you want to play a bench player who plays 10 or 15 minutes, like all three nights, I don't think that's going to really affect much. But I would not be playing anybody three nights in a row, 35 minutes a night. Like that just doesn't seem like a recipe to stay healthy. No, I I would not either. Um, so yeah, week 23, a very strange week. Uh, there are only four weeks left in the regular season. I can't believe this season's almost over. It's been, it's it's crazy, been a good right? season. And but... I'll say this about the schedule this week too. It's very evenly spread out. It's eight, seven, eight, six, ten, six, nine games. So a pretty evenly spaced out week as far as number of games each day. And, you know, I think that's a positive in, in your playoff matchups, right? Is It's more about who's the better team instead of, you know, who can smash. Who's got the 50, right schedule, right? And who can smash 50,000 cheap games in there. Yeah. So you should, you, there shouldn't be any cheesers out there uh, who are just dominating the off days or anything like that. Um, obviously, play your max games. It's the playoffs. Don't leave any games on the board. Uh, if you go out to hashtag basketball, Tyler has uh, done his week 23 schedule primer, um, has been diligently getting these out every week. Um, there's a lot of really good content in here about streaming this week. And um, there's a couple uh, a couple guys I'm interested in streaming this week. Uh, so even before looking at your primer, it's good to see this, these guys in here. Um, and, and one of my, actually probably one of my favorite guys to be picking up right now is, uh, Kelly Olenek. Oh, Kelly. I, I'm always a little concerned about picking up Kelly and and here's why. Kelly is playing great right now, but we've, we've seen this movie a few times in the past, right? And it's like, he plays great and then like an injury pops up or, he doesn't play very good for a while, and a lot of it has to do with he just never really gets a ton of minutes. He's a great permanent producer, but he just never really get. I mean, like 23, that 23 and a half this season is his career high in minutes per game. Yeah, he's he's definitely got a great fancy game. Hassan Whiteside um, has missed some of these games where he has um, taken off and, and kind of destroyed people. Uh, Whiteside has been out for the last five games. So either Whiteside's about to come back or something's up. Something's uh, maybe serious about Whiteside here. Maybe over the rest of the season. Here's the crazy thing about those games that Whiteside missed. Okay. Here's the minutes for Kelly Olenek 22, 24, 31, 24. And then he did play 41 yesterday against the Nuggets. Yeah, so it's not it's not like he's getting 38 minutes every single night. Right, and so it's like a lot of it, I mean, like, yeah, okay, he's played well and he seems to be hot right now, and but it's like 
anybody who plays 22 to 24 minutes a night, like you know, the bottom always drops out at points. And over a short sample size, you have a lot of variance on both ends. You know what I mean? Like you, you might get – if you picked up Kelly Olenek today, you might get three duds and lose your matchup because of Kelly Lynch because he's not really getting the minutes to produce a ton of ton. I think he is a little riskier. Um, I, I'm picking him up, though. I think, you know, play a hot hand, um, take what you can get. He's on my waiver wire in a lot of leagues, and uh, he's no longer on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues because he's, he's on my team for this oh, week. I agree 100%. I mean, I, I'm taking that risk, but I am just – well, I guess trying to warn people, if you think you're a big favorite in your matchup and you have someone else you can play that's a little less risky, that might be the way to go. Would you consider uh, Dwayne Dedman a little less risky? I, I just feel like Dwayne Dedman is what Dwayne Dedman is in the sense that the only risk there is the Hawks just tell him he's not playing. That's true. Uh, John Collins, I, I think it's been been out uh man, John Collins really had a lot of high hopes for him this year. I know everybody's been kind of ringing the John Collins bell, and I know I have all season long. That guy is going to be good. He's going to be good, just you know. Um, I am often early on guys. Um, I, I, I'm I'm a little. I think I'm a little early on John Collins, but uh, I think he's someone I'll be taking late in drafts next year. And, and this was an interesting guy that I think, I think if you draft early, that that might be possible. But I can see him being kind of a trendy expert's favorite pick to kind of break out. Yeah, maybe he uh, Atlanta goes, hey, we're going to start John Collins. He had a great training camp, and he has like one preseason game where he gets like seventeen rebounds, and you're like, oh boy, sleeper of the year, John Collins, and then he, all of a sudden he's like being picked in the sixth round yeah and if that's the case right like i'm probably not gonna own john collins just in the sense that i think we've seen this a lot with budenholder is assuming budenholder's is back is he, he doesn't like to play anyone a ton of minutes Ooh, if if budenholder budenholder needs a new job uh the chicago bulls should be looking for a new coach soon so that would be great no way man fred fred's in it for the long haul oh unfortunately God. for your bulls that dude can't even tank right we keep winning. We keep beating teams. Teams we need to lose to. We are going to pick ninth in an eight-player draft. Uh, well, I'll say this: they they got a pretty good player last time around. So it's depressing. Uh, the Bulls do draft well, and um, there are there's a chance a couple guys slip, or there's a chance that one of those one of the bridges. Is available and the and either one of those guys could be pretty good. So well, and, and now here's the thing I think that we we all get locked into when we're looking at these draft prospects is they're all somewhat, uh, you know, part of a system in in college, and they maybe don't show all the school skills that they have. And plus, there are a lot of them are eighteen year old kids. Like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of development to be done for a lot of them. And so some guys look really good in college and then end up being not that good in the NBA and, and vice versa. Um, yeah, I think one of the – and um, we might need to get um, some 
experts in here to uh, to to talk about this uh, guys who run the numbers for a living but um rebounds often translate to the nba pretty well but uh, assists points scoring uh sometimes does not and it's to me when you look at it there is there is a little bit of correlation but watching march madness which has been exciting um upset filled underdog march madness which is exactly what the people want it has not been a good march madness for nba prospects dante i mean bounced real quick most of the top guys are not playing anymore no you got begley at duke um trey young is out you know and and i think everybody soured on trey young i think that's like the best news for teams who are picking later in the draft everyone's souring on trey young because like Trey Young is the only like division one, like upper echelon division one player on that team, let alone NBA prospect. Like that team was miserable. There was no one else on that team. When he gets in the NBA and he's surrounded by guys who can who can actually play, uh, and not just play, but you know, set him up. You're looking at someone who could be a Donovan Mitchell type of player. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He's got a special three-point shot, I think, that, that's going to translate well to the, the new kind of school NBA. Um, you, you, another guy you, I think that's going to fall quite a bit that I think will probably end up being pretty good is Michael Porter Jr. from Missouri. Yes. Um, played Only played very, about three games this year. It was bad in most of them, yep. right? But two of the last two were coming off an injury, and in the first one he got injured. So, I mean, I don't know that we could take too much from that. Um, but I, I think he's kind of going to be a, a special wing type player, which, I mean, everyone's looking for. And I could see him falling, like, 8, 9, 10, Great. maybe outside the, the top 10. You know what I mean? Like, like, people just say, oh, he's hurt, he's injury prone. Cause, and here's another crazy thing about the draft is when you only see a lot of these guys for a year, Right, like the sample size is very. You're small seeing them at their them. like eighteen year old year, like right. on a and 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 like you said, on a, either in a system that doesn't fit them because the rest of the team is bad, or a system that isn't uh, that isn't built around them might be a good system, right? But like Kentucky is is um, often cited as you have these amazing players like Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, and you don't really think too much about them in college because they're playing in this very particular system, and then they get to the NBA, and they're almost borderline all-stars right when they come in. Um, well, and I, th- I think we saw that with Devin Booker too, right? Like, I mean, yeah. Devin Booker wasn't like any huge scoring phenom at Kentucky. Exactly. So I, I think I leave the uh, college speculation – up to the experts, I uh, stupidly got on the uh, DeAndre. Uh, what is? How do you say his last name? Aon. Aon. Aiton. Mm-hmm. Whatever I, it is. I think, and I'll be honest. I got on his train. He was in my. Uh, f- he was in my final game, and uh, that didn't last very long. I'll be. I'll be honest about this though. I think the best player in this draft is not playing college basketball this year. You are still on the Dantich, um train i assume the the dude is crushing guys in europe and and he's like 17 you know well well, he he's 18 now but he's literally playing against grown men some of which you had 
mildly successful NBA careers and others of which who, I mean, we've seen a lot of these guys come over in the past few years and, and play well. Guys like Bogdan Bogdanovich, Milos Tadoshits, right? Like those guys are playing yeah. in the leagues that he's playing against. He's not playing against some trash team in the Big East. Well, yeah, and, and, and he's not playing against a team like Oklahoma who's got, like you said, Trey Young and not a lot else. Yeah. He's playing against grown men who are professional basketball players who make like, a lot of money playing what, professional basketball. What would he do if he was on Oklahoma? Like how good would he have been? And it's probably similar if not better, you know? Uh, I think it is better. I mean, just this season alone, right? The dude is hitting 46%. Now his three-point shot's a little rough around the edges this year, but – I mean, five rebounds, four and a half assists, a steal, and 15 four, four points a game as an 18-year-old kid playing against men. Yeah. that's Those are impressive stats, especially per minute. Yeah, and 24.6 minutes a game, which is crazy. It's crazy to think about that a kid can score 15 points a game. In 24 minutes. men in 24 minutes, right? Um, I We often don't. We often advise people to not draft rookies. Whether I'm going to advise people to draft rookies this year or not, there could legitimately be nine rookies drafted in a standard league, and you might be right about most of them. Maybe not where they go, but you would be right into saying they're going to be standard league relevant. It depends on what teams those guys go to, but... A couple of these college players are having are, are are blocking shots at an enormously large and, and quite alarming rate. Yeah, and, and I'm with you there, and, and it, it all depends on like how many minutes are you going to get, right? Like, if Aton gets picked by say the Magic, you know, what I mean, are are they going to trade Vucevic, which they've tried to do in the past and haven't been able to do? Are they just going to say, "Okay, Aton, you're playing 30 minutes and Vucevic is playing 20"? Like, I don't really see that happening. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of this matters about where they're playing. Absolutely. I mean, if you do a quick, um, one of my my favorite sites, uh, sites even though it's uh, really pissing me off, following it is the um, uh, Tankathon dot com which is following the tanks for the nfl nhl and nba and obviously the nba being the most interesting league it is the most interesting tankathon um going on you have uh two teams with 19 two teams with 20 wins and all the way up to 24 with the bulls um sneaking back into that eight spot thank you so much for sneaking back in the eight spot you go here you do a quick sim lottery, right? And okay, Atlanta got the first pick. Atlanta starting center, uh, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, but I mean, Sounds in that situation, good. that that probably hurts your man John Collins a little bit, right? It certainly you know, does, because this guy uh, DeAndre is going to start. DeAndre but, looks like a like a Joel Embiid esque type player, right? And and so I mean, in any of these teams. Right, like I mean, most of these teams in the lottery aren't super filled at center. I mean, you could look at Memphis, right? If Memphis gets the number one pick, I don't think Memphis picks Aon. I think they pick Doncic or somebody else. Um, Orlando may be in the same boat, but Orlando yeah. has shown in the past they don't really care. They just pick whoever they think is the best player. And so that's like 
if I'm looking at these teams in the top nine, right? Um, hell, we can go to we can go to ten, right? But uh, top nine, Atlanta. I feel like that player is going to play almost immediately. Memphis almost immediately. Orlando. They have no idea what they're doing. So whoever goes to Orlando, that is bad news for them. Phoenix is pretty log jam all over the place. So I'm a little worried about Phoenix. Well, especially but, if Phoenix picks a wing. Yes, like again. a guard wing type, like. You know, if they pick Doncic, like, they've got a lot of guys there. Yeah, it actually might be better. Well, it's definitely not better for you to drop in in, um, in the rankings. But, um, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is averaging three blocks a game. That's pretty crazy. Mo, uh, President Mo Bamba, he's, he's averaging 3.6 blocks a game. Yeah, and that's what I mean. And, and this we've talked about this in the past, right? That a lot of these guys that are, are going to be top picks are, are big men. Yeah. And, and so, like, it's like been a guard heavy league lately, and so now all of a sudden these big men, especially these like um, Cinderella big men, like your your Chris Stapps and your Cats and your and your Joel Embiid's. Um, well, and some of these guys the like league. Bamba are going to have to figure out how to play in the NBA. Yes, like like I don't see Bamba getting a ton of minutes right off the bat just because he he's still pretty skinny, and he doesn't have much of a jump shot, right? So. He's going to be limited, you know. Get he's he's good at defending the paint in, in the college game, but can he get out and defend on some of these smaller, quicker guys? Like, I don't, I think that's going to be a big transition for him. Yeah, I think once you get into that that lower half of the top eight, you're looking at teams where um, Cleveland Bulls, uh, Knicks, where they do have players already kind of in rotation, and they do take a longer. Um, I guess, look at the rookies and say, we're going to play you 15, 20 minutes. We're not going to throw you into the fire right away, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and, and Cleveland could get dumped on their head if LeBron leaves. I mean, like th- this, it's... Yeah, that could be a whole other... Yeah. Plus, right. I, I mean, I think the last offseason we've, we've seen some, I don't want to say, I don't want to call them crazy, but some trades that we didn't really see coming. And you know what I mean? And, and there's a whole free agent class to sign and, some of these teams might just go like, would you be surprised if Phoenix just rid the cupboard of all their big men? Like just dra- you know? dumped everybody on all these other well, teams. Well, Alex Len is a, a free agent again, an unrestricted free agent this time. Right. Tyson Chandler. Like, would you be surprised if he was just like, I'm retiring. Like I've, I've had enough. And like, I don't know that dragon Bender or Marquise Chris are showing themselves to be, starter level players so like no. w- would you be surprised if phoenix the cover was pretty clear and, and one of these guys just came in and, and played a ton of minutes like i wouldn't that's yeah i mean it's certainly but, possible but then there's and other t- if, but that's what I, that's kind of what i'm getting at any of these guys in the top i think eight playing 35 minutes a game well, one of them's going to go to Sacramento, and they're not going to do it, especially no. right off at the oh, beginning yeah. of the season. No, Jaeger I think Vince, says Carter, every, Vince Carter's going to play. Well, and Jaeger says it every year that the rookie has to earn their minutes and blah, 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 sure. blah. So, so no matter what pick they get and what guy they pick, I'd be stunned unless Jaeger is not the coach if he started on opening night. Then he might not be the coach. Ah, they just gave him an extension, though. I mean, oh, no. What terrible news. Yeah, so – um, um, but like, like I think you're seeing it now, even in, in Phoenix, Josh Jackson, 
uh, the fourth pick in the draft last year, a guy we said this guy. I mean, look like look at this draft class. Even though it ended up being a pretty good draft class, even though it wasn't being touted as a pretty good draft class, this next draft class is being touted and might be a, an incredible draft class. Um, but look at what Josh Jackson has been doing when he finally started playing starters minutes. He ended up being um, standardly relevant. Oh, and then now it's a small sample size for sure. But like the kid's got talent. He's got uh, he can put stats up across the board. And I, I think you're seeing a lot of these guys coming in next year if given the opportunity to do this. And it, even if that opportunity does come in the last uh, two months of the season, like it does for a lot of these players, you're going to see crazy block numbers, lots of rebounds, lots of big men stats that we and we've said a lot of a lot this year. Big man stats are hard to find. Oh, no doubt about that. So you might have to, you know, it might be better for roto leagues. You might have to wait on these guys. Uh, but if any any one of those top eight uh, prospective draft picks gets picked up by a team, and uh, they're like, "Hey, man, we're playing this guy 35, 36 minutes a game." Right off the bat, I, I think they're standardly relevant. My worry is that, you know, with the impatient fantasy owner, and I'm not speaking maybe about you and you and I, but there's going to be a struggle even playing 30 minutes a game. I mean, sure, the block numbers might be there, but sure. if your big man's shooting 40% from the field in the first month, how many owners in standard leagues are just going to go, Did, well, forget you, man, yeah. I'm going to find somebody else. Especially if the, the there's a handful of games of fouled out, um, eight points, four rebounds, played 20 minutes instead of 34 minutes, like the the growing pains of, of the rookie. Right, and, and I think we see this every year. You mentioned Josh Jackson, right? Like now is the time, starting at the, in the – when the calendar flips over is the time you start seeing what? these play much better. Yeah. You start seeing them. And I think they get used to the speed. I, I think that actually that's really, that's like probably the hardest part. I have no, uh, I have no concept if that's the hardest part. Right. But uh, everything I read, it's not like I I've played at an NBA speed in, or done anything at NBA speed in my entire life. But um, if, if you read about what's, what's the biggest difference between, college and pro and it's 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 always the speed the speed is incredible um it's a different game yeah, I mean, and, and it takes you know three months to to even get accl- uh, acclimated to that i mean it's less than the top one percent of college basketball players right yeah so i mean think about that think about how crazy that is like of course it's, it's all the best players so they're they're it's, it's a big I adjustment guess, yeah and, and it I, gets grown men in their prime and i think we'll see the same thing with with any rookie and that's why I, I don't recommend drafting them is there's always all this hype, right? And and you'll see it, right? Whoever the number one pick is will go in like the fourth, fifth, sixth, yes. seventh round. I think that's the it. problem is that the price you'll pay for that. I actually think the first two to three picks should be drafted in a standard league draft as I'm looking at them right now, depending on what teams they're going to. The problem is is exactly what you're getting at. They're right, overpriced. And- well, yeah, and that's it, right? And if you're a transcendent talent, you know what I mean? Like, maybe that's worth it. But when we start getting to, like, the 8th and ninth pick, and they're still being picked in the 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th round, 
like what what are the chances that value actually gets returned like you incur so many bad games at the beginning that when they start producing that value right they can never catch up and so i mean sure take a flyer on them but wouldn't you rather just like wait for the person who took the flyer on them in the draft to drop them halfway through the season when they're doing terrible and then pick them up and get all the good stats yeah and honestly who's going to give you who's going to return a better who's going to give you a better return uh, Mo Bamba with the 80th pick or um, Thaddeus Young with the 85th pick. Yeah, right, and that's what I mean. I mean Thaddeus Young. Every, there's always those guys, everyone like, oh, Thaddeus Young, that guy's not good. Oh, yeah, no, he's like the 60th best player every single year. Right, and the steals are, are part of what drives that. And yeah. And here's the thing about rookies, too, is there's a lot of uncertainty there in the sense that, okay, maybe you blocked three shots a game in college. Well, if your team now is asking you to not just stand under the rim and block shots, but to get out on the perimeter and guard somebody. Run out on three-point shooters. Right, like you're not going to be blocking even two shots a game, right? You might block a shot a game. Well, blocking a shot a game is is valuable, but not that valuable. This is why I actually prefer um, rookie drafts. So you have to be in the right league. You have to. Know, it can't. It's usually in um, keeper leagues or dynasty leagues where they do a where they do a rookie draft, um, and that's usually amongst people you know. If you're just kind of in random public leagues or random leagues with people who are part of some sort of group, um, it's hard to get people together to do rookie drafts. But um, in one of my leagues, we we do a rookie auction draft where you don't have to bid on someone but if you do you have to bid on them and so uh, it's always interesting to, and, and always kind of a ploy to get money off the table um it's also like a little bit of a game of chicken like if i throw trey young out there for a dollar is someone gonna say two dollars um it, it becomes an interesting game and it's also an, another fun way to to add a little spice to your uh, to your keeper league Oh, yeah, and I think the best part about those rookie drafts is we we, we saw this year with Donovan Mitchell, right? Like, sure, a lot of people had Donovan Mitchell in their rookie draft going, like, 6th, 7th, 8th, right? Not too many people had him as, like, the best rookie. Yeah, probably no one. And and so um, you can get kind of lucky or you can actually have some skill and turn a big profit. Yeah, it's mostly luck, but um, you need a little luck, and that's why you know fantasy basketball is great. You need luck and skill. Uh, football's all luck, baseball's all skill, basketball's a little bit of both. But I don't have to tell you guys that you're listening to a fantasy basketball podcast. Um, we are going to be doing over the the, the end of the season, so it's kind of wrapping up the season. Probably a, a look back on the season, some of the things we learned, uh, some of the things that were surprising, maybe some awards, perhaps. Um, though we just did the all-star awards, so maybe, maybe, maybe some end of the year awards, uh, but we're also more importantly going to be looking forward into next year. And so we will be, um, kind of evaluating what we saw this year, making some predictions, some bold predictions, uh, moving into the off season. And if you have any questions about, um, what happened this year, things to look for next year, rankings, um, suggested draft picks, suggested keepers. I, I love doing, I love answering keeper questions. It's like my favorite thing to do. Um, it's, everything else I don't care about. Keeper questions though, I'm in. 
Um, if you have any questions or any topics you would like to hear, tweet at us. We will cover them. Uh, we're, we are very open to suggestions. Um, it's like, if you want to get any of those questions read on air or answered directly back to you, tweet at us. You can tweet at me at watch the boxes. And Tyler, what is your Twitter handle? Uh, at Watsy four, 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 four. Beautiful. So yeah. Um, if you also have anything you want to hear over the off season, uh, and I know we still got a month left in the regular season, but uh, we'll be doing periodic shows during the off season, especially uh, once for the, the draft rolls around, we'll probably do a rookie draft after the actual draft. And uh, once free agency hits, which is right after that, there'll be a ton, I assume of emergency podcasts. Cause I, I feel like this is going to be an interesting, just like it was an interesting trade deadline. This, I think it's gonna be interesting off season as well. Yeah. I mean, we're getting some teams that are cap strapped after spending crazy money on players that they admittedly shouldn't have spent the money on. Yep. And so we're going to see lots of trades to kind of finagle the money part of it. Um, and, and I think it's going to lead to some other, some tanking teams taking on some bad contracts and probably only getting worse. Oh boy. Cannot wait for the Bulls team to get worse. Um, a lot of, I think there's a, there's a lot of talk like, oh, the Bulls just aren't bad enough to be bad. That is that is not true. They're too stupid to be to tank. That's that's actually what's going on. Well, you got the great Cameron Payne as your point guard. I mean, I saw him make a an NBA caliber pass the other day. I th- <laughs> I, I never thought I would say anything nice about Cameron Payne. Uh, like, we know he's your favorite player now. Don't kid he's yourself. He's not my favorite player, but he is my favorite player to see on the court, which is because it means we're trying to lose. <laughs> That's terrible. What a sad state of affairs it is to be a Bulls fan. Um, I think that is it for this evening. Tyler, do you have anything else you want to plug? Any any interesting Kings news? Uh, no, man, that's it. Um, if you're if you're super into draft prospects, uh, we will be shifting focus to writing a ton about the draft here in the near future. So if you want to know anything about any player in the draft, uh, a row Payne is probably a pretty play, good place to go. Yes, Tyler does a very good draft preview. He did one um, last year, and I think he has one out there for this year. Um, so go check that out. And I think I think that's it for tonight. Have a good one, everybody.